Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Lord, we thank you once again. We just give you all the praise, glory, and adoration. We magnify you because there is none beside thee, O God. And when your word is life and spirit, we ask even our Holy Spirit of God, energize us, transform us, heal us, renew us, even by and through your word, as it comes to us, O Father, let it be effectual in every aspect of our life, as we receive it to God, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to go back and finish up with what we have. I'll call this the, the comfort of the scriptures, part number five. Comfort of the scriptures, part number five. And our test is Romans 15, verse number four. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans 15, verse number four. You? Okay, praise God. Romans 15, verse number four. For what save of things? We are written up for times, we are written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Again, I still want to do with the word patient. We dealt with that last week. I told us that the word patient is hopomone in the Greek. Which means cheerful or hopeful. Patient means cheerful or hopeful. And the point is, if you live in your life without hope, you are a little frustrated. If you live in your life without the hope that certainly tomorrow is better, you are a little frustrated. God intends you to walk through life being cheerful and hopeful that tomorrow is better than yesterday. God has a map already for you. That is why all you need to do is to try to get aligned with what God has in mind for you and you begin to walk on. The Bible tells you it's a faithful God who has called us. So hope morning speak about that being cheerful and hopeful. And I told you before, no matter the pressure you are going through in life, there is one thing that God intends you to continue to walk with and to have to have constant victory every day of your life. And that is a spirit of cheerfulness and happiness. Paul wouldn't be making the mistake when he begins to say in the world, rejoice. And I say what? Rejoice. That's a commandment. Hallelujah. He wants you to rejoice. He wants you to be happy. You see, even if you have issues and you, you become sorrowful because of those issues, that doesn't solve the problem. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying. No matter the pains you're going through, and then you decide to become sorrowful because of this problem, you just waste your time. That won't change the situation. 
Hallelujah. So we're looking at our patient and Miss Endurance, Miss Constancy, it means to endure, it means to be continuous. In other words, you got to be continuous. You were born. It's got plans for you. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Let me take a case study of the of of, of Father in the faith, which has to do with Abraham and Sarah. I mentioned that last week. Briefly. God made promises to Abraham. Right? Remember, we're talking of the comfort of the scriptures and promises God is given in his word. God made promises to Abraham, but a wife could not endure <laughs> to wait for that moment that God has ordained for those things to come to pass. And I want to make you see from these scriptures here that God can tell you something today, but it could take some good years for that thing to come to pass. And I give you the example last week. And look at somebody like Simeon, who were waiting for the consolation of Israel. That is, before Jesus was going to be born. Death will not take his life. Why? Because I had hope. God said, you must see the consolation before you do what? Before you die. Listen, you're going to enter into your riches ever before you leave this world. Nothing is going to stop it. Hallelujah. If you look with me in the book of Genesis chapter 15 verse number 4. The Bible says, Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, that is to Abraham, saying, This shall not be thy heir, but he, shall, he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven. And tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall I say be. This is after Abraham paid tithes unto Abraham, I mean, unto God, Melchizedek, rather, in quote, in Genesis 14. The next thing the Lord appeared to him. Hallelujah. Go to verse 1. Genesis, go to verse 1 of this, of this passage. All right. And these things. The word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am the she, and the exceedingly great reward. Look at the next thing. Abraham said, Lord, what will thou give me, saying, I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. This is where God was telling him now, in the next verse, which we just read, that this man is not going to be your heir. I am going to give you a seed. It's going to come out of your own womb. Are you following what I'm saying now? Now, when God gave this promise to Abraham, he was 75 years old. And I want you to see the picture. Very, very important. So go with me now to Genesis chapter 16. And let's look at verse number 1. Hallelujah. Genesis 16 verse number 1. And the Bible says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bear no children. Bear him no children. And she had an handmaid in Egypt whose name was what? Hagar. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So go to verse 15. Now if you read down this story, Sarah came to Abraham. Abraham then, not Abraham. Hallelujah. Sarah came to Abraham and he said, We don't have a child. 
even though God said we're going to have children. So it's like saying, maybe this child could come through my handmaid. Amen? So going into my handmaid without to do with Hagar. And let's see what God will do. Maybe this is a provision because I'm already old. I don't have what it takes anymore to bring forth. Remember the promise already they hanging. Now they are trying to work out the promise with their own strength, with their own wisdom. This is why when God speaks a word to you, you stay on what God says. Don't use your own wisdom to work it out. He gives you direction on where to go. Hallelujah. So verse 15, the Bible says, And Hagar bare Abraham a son, and called his name, his son's name, which Abraham bare what Ishmael. And Abraham was first called and sixty years old when he gave back to who? To Ishmael. How many years? First called and six years to be eighty-six years old. Abraham was now eighty-six years old. Remember the promise was when he was seventy-five years old. Did you get that? But yet God is saying, This is not your child, this is not a child that I promise you. I keep on telling you here. The mistake people make in saying Ishmael which has to do with the Muslims and Isaac which has to do with Christians in quote are contending. And that was the mistake of Abraham that had caused that. But truth is the father of Ishmael is Abraham and the father of Isaac is Abraham. They are not of the same parents. Praise the living God. So, they are not of the same parents. You need to understand that. It's Abraham that gave back to Ishmael. But Abraham gave back to Isaac. It's not the same person. Are you following what I'm saying? When God calls you, He brings a divine nature into your life. He brings transformation to your life. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. Okay. So, he was 86 years old now when he gave back to Ishmael. So, when we begin to read in Genesis 17, verse 7, the Bible says, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a covenant unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And God said unto Abraham, not to Abraham now. As for Sarah the wife, that shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall she be called. That is princess. Or princess. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Praise the living God. So in Genesis 17, the promise of who? Of Isaac was given to who? To Abraham. Are we together? Praise the living God. Now if you check this record, that means Isaac was given back to all the promises of God for Abraham and Sarah came to fulfillment 25 years along the line. 
This is where patience is relevant. This is where patience is important. 25 years, the promise of God was still hanging. And at this age, there were 99 years. Abraham was now 99. He got a promise, major primary promise, when he was 75. When he was 86, he gave back to Ishmael. And when he was 100, he gave back to Isaac. 25 good years along the line. The promise of God doesn't fail. We think it fails because it hasn't happened exactly when it's supposed to come to be. I mean, we try to give timetable to the fulfillment of God's promises. But no. Are you there with me? So you see, Ishmael was 14 years older than Isaac. They checked the record. 14 years older. In other words, the promise of God, he was trying to bet it. And look at the gap that was given. So he bet Ishmael before Isaac came. And Isaac now was 40 years junior to Ishmael because Sarah had to think of the way of fulfilling the promises that God had made to Abraham. So lack of patience will make you bet something in the flesh that is not of God. Are you following me? Lack of patience will cause you to bet. You try to bear the promises of God, but not in the flesh. And it becomes thorns in your flesh. You got to be patient away for the promises of God. No matter how long it's going to take, God's promises shall come to pass. Praise the living God. So the 25 years period is what Sarah could not endure. And he said, go to my maid. And by the time the woman was pregnant, she got upset. Sometimes when you bet what seems to be God promises in your flesh, you get up being upset by the result you get. The joy that was supposed to come for the fulfillment of God promises, they'll be missing. Praise the living God. Let's look at something in Joshua chapter 21 verse 43. It's nice to be patient. It's nice to hold on. God is not going to fail you. Joshua 21, 43. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he swore to give unto their fathers and they possessed it and dwelt therein. Verse 44. And the Lord gave them rest Round about, can I hear any man? According to all that he swore unto their fathers, and there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. Can I hear an enemy, man? The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Can I hear another amen? The fear not, but of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Hallelujah. They fear not. All that God has spoken concerning the children of Israel. The Bible says, all came to pass. You see that? What God told Abraham when he was 75 years, finally came to pass 
when he was 100 years old. What am I trying to make you understand? No matter how long the promises of God is hanging on, be sure this is God. Stay on with the promises of God. It will come to pass. So everything God has ever spoken to your life, spoken to you, to your family, they're going to come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says none of them failed. They all came to pass exactly the way God said it to them. And how long did it take? When he promised them the promised land, promised the father the promised land, that is Abraham, Genesis 12. That's the first time he called him. Ran there to the land. He said, this land you are, I'm going to give to your children. How long did it take before the children of peace got there? I realized something. That is even after they've gone to captivity for 400 years. Look at the promise. This land you are in, I'm going to give to your children. Amen? Men are 400 years past before God brought them out of Egypt. And then another 40 years before he took them to Canaan. So he just added up. That gives you 400 and what? 40 years. The promise that God made in Genesis 12. Did you get that? Because in Genesis 15, you told him, your children shall be in captivity to the people, and I'm going to deal with those people and get them out. And so, the children of Israel were embalming in Egypt for 400 years. Yeah, the promise God made was still hanging on. And the Bible says, everything God said to the fathers, it came to pass. There are some things that you may not receive now, but your children will receive them. There are some foundations. You lay foundation for your children and your children's children. Praise the living God. The blessing of your life can run across to your children's children because you are laying up a foundation. Give me some 112. Let me show you something. One, one, two, reading from verse number one. Praise ye the Lord, blesses a man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. Keep on the promises of God. Keep on with what everything God says. Keep on with the spirit of the living God. Look at verse two. He seed. Who seed? The man that keeps the commandment of the promises of God, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of your pride shall be what? Shall be blessed. Did you get that? You don't even know what you're doing now. You're being faithful to God. You don't understand the foundation you are laying. You have to look at Abraham again. The promise that came to him took. 440 years for it to be fulfilled in Canaan. But he laid a foundation for the people. Because you've been my voice. This land you are standing, I'm going to give it to your children. That war took 440 years to realize. When he said, I'm going to give you a child, but it was 75 years old, it took another 25 years for that war to come to pass. Where is your patient? And the Bible said, the man... That keeps the word of God, the righteous man, the man that keeps the praise of God. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Amen. Look at the tree. Look at the tree. Or even the palm tree, whatever the case may be. 
You don't see the root. But look at the branches. Look at the heaviness. Look at the roko tree. And see what it means. That is how your children will be. You are the foundation. You are the root bearing the tree. Look at what he said. He said shall be mighty upon thee. The generation of the upright shall be what? Shall be blessed. So you are laying the foundation for your children in your faith in God. You may not have all the money you need to have now. But I'm telling you something. Your children shall be mighty upon the face of the earth. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Sometimes when I read the scripture, I think about my parents. They never went to school. They were illiterate. They lived in the village. I know how they survive. I know how they live. I know how they labor. But hey, man, right now, hallelujah, traveling the nations, living in air-conditioned rooms and all of those things, what my parents never saw. But they are my parents. They laid a foundation. Hallelujah. Are you still here with me? So the promises of God shall be mighty upon your life. Your seed shall be great upon this world. Hallelujah. God's word can't fail. That's what I want you to pick. Go to the next verse, verse number three. What you can get, your children will have it. And is that your glory? Look at what the Bible says. It says that children are content with the enemy. Where? Are the gates. You lay the foundation. Your children shall contend with the enemies of the gate. Get an understanding to your heart. And be at peace with God. Hallelujah. Wait and riches shall be in his house. Can I hear an amen? And his righteousness endureth forever. Wait and riches shall be in the foundation. Shall be in his house. I need you to think about it. I need you to understand what I'm saying this morning to you. Get to the place of realizing that you are not just serving God for seven's sake. You are not serving in vain. There is hope for you. Hallelujah. There is a future for you. And you can derive this future from the people you've raised. Sometimes you say, well, I don't have a child of my own. Well, if you have understanding of what it means to have a child, you can raise people. You don't know those you have. That is why you don't close your bowels of mercy to people. You see. Praise God. There are people all around you that God has brought your way. You know, if you go to the village, sometimes you check around, you see that even the people that give birth to certain children, it's other people that take care of them, not their biological children. Have you noticed that? So why do you think it has to be the one that comes from your womb alone? No. That is why you don't close your bile of mercy to people that come around you. Because you don't know who will take care of you tomorrow. You really can't explain. But there are people you raise that become your children. And they can take care of you at your old times. Praise the living God. Are you following me? Okay. So, let's go back to, to the world. Mm-hmm. In the promise of the land, Genesis 12, verse number 7. When you talk about Canaan, like I was trying to say, 440 years before the promise came to pass. The first place you find out in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto 
and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there build him an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. Unto your seed shall I give this land. Not to you, but to your seed. Are you following me? Praise the living God. Alright. Go back again to Joshua 23 verse 14. I'm trying to make you see how that you must be patient with God. Don't try to force any promise of God. You will bed flesh. And to become thorns in your flesh. Hallelujah. Joshua 23 14. And behold this day. Now, I'm going the way. Joshua is speaking now. I'm going the way of all the earth. The way of all the earth means I'm dying. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. But it's not necessarily that every one of us will go the way of the earth. I'm sorry to say. Because we don't understand the agenda and the promises of God. But we know for sure. And some of us are not going to go through the way of the earth. And somebody said, but, but through the rapture, no. But by putting on immortality is the word of God. First Corinthians 15 tells you that. We shall not all die, but we shall all be made alive. Hallelujah. Are you following me? So, I'm going to the word of the earth. And he said, and you know in all your hearts and in all your soul that not one thing had failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. And all came to pass unto you. And not one thing hath failed thereof. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Not one thing has failed. Not one. There's never a promise God gives to you and never come to pass. I mean, will never come to pass. Not one has failed. Just as reminding them, you better take heed of this fact. That's why you should be patient with God. Do you? Have you heard anything from God? Do you believe? Somebody said, Pastor, I don't hear much from God. I've not so much as heard anything. I really can't. Do you read the Bible sometimes? What did I explain to you about the Bible? The Bible is the will of God. That's why you use the word testament. The word testament means the will. And the will is always written down by a father for the children. And in every will, everyone in the family has a portion that the father must have allocated to them. Do you know why you call Jesus advocate? Advocate is a lawyer who goes to court to interpret the will for the children. That's why the Holy Spirit is advocate when we pray without knowing what to pray and then the Spirit intercede for us with groaning. He's advocating for us and giving God our request and bringing back the answer to us. So the Holy Spirit's advocate. Jesus is called advocate. You understand that? What is that supposed to mean? He came to interpret the will of God. And what's the will of God? The testament, which is the New Testament. Are you following what I'm saying here? And that is why you should read when you're reading the Bible. You've got to find out what God has said about you. Read to discover who you are. Read to discover the promises. If you say you are not hearing audibly, the Bible is right there for you. That's why you must read your Bible. I know what God has in mind for you. You could be reading like this without understanding what you are reading. Sometimes a scripture is quick into your heart. It becomes a revelation. It becomes a word. 
You can just stay glued to that particular scripture. God is communicating to you. Sometimes in your dream and in your vision, He gives you a scripture to go through. You read the scripture, you know exactly what the mind of God is for you. Hallelujah. Now, look at Joshua 22. Let me show you something. Because you say, well, I don't hear from God. You can hear from the Bible, or you can hear what I'm saying. Look at that. 22 verse 9. Joshua 22 verse number 9. And the children of Israel. 22 verse number 9. And the children of Reuben. And the children of God. And the half tribe of Manasseh. Returned and departed from the children of Israel out of Shiloh. Which is in the land of Canaan. To go unto the country of Gilead, to the land of their possession, whereof they were possessed, according to the word of the Lord, by what? The hand of Moses. Did you get that? According to the word of the Lord, by the hand of of Moses. God didn't talk to them. God spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to the people and said, this portion of land is yours at the end of the day. So the giant with Israel fought all the Canaanites and all of those things and they came back to that portion of land that God said must be theirs. How did they hear God? Through Moses. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you should pay attention when the minister is speaking. I can communicate the mind of God through you. Through what I'm sharing with you. You can have revelation based on what I'm saying now. Hallelujah. I remember when we were over there. Then the van account or whatever. And uh, I was sitting on understanding the anointing. Pay close attention. And... We have our brother, Egypt. He was in the fellowship. Now, at MacIver there, he was doing sawmilling, whatever the case may be. But by the time I was done with the message, he came to me and he said, what he just said is what my father told me of who I am. Now I understand better that what I'm doing is not what I'm supposed to be doing. He went back. Instead of just sawing the thing, he began to, he said, the Lord told me, my father told me, this is the kind of thing you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a businessman. And that's exactly what you said when we're sharing the word. He went back to his business. He started selling doors. Wooden doors. From wooden doors, he entered these foreign doors. All the doors in this building, he single-handedly brought them. Because he got a revelation from a message. He possessed his land. Because he had what God said. How did God communicate that to him? Through the message, just like you are listening. You can discover your true self. You can begin to find out where you belong. You can begin to see by revelation the line that God has for you. 
Reuben and the people, Gilead, they got the land that God promised them through the hand of Moses, not that they heard from God. So don't always tell me you're not hearing God. If you're not hearing God directly, you can hear God in what I'm saying. You can hear God through the Bible. You can hear God through messages. You hear God every day. Hallelujah. Are you still here? And this is very important that you get it. That the promises of God never fails. Anytime, anywhere. It may take time. And don't forget the case of Abraham. 25 years, the promise was still there. And God, Joshua was speaking to the people. Everything God promised you has come to pass. Not one word failed. What was the promise? It was not directly to them. It was directly to who? Abraham. Get it right. Everything God said concerning you has come to pass. Not one word has failed. But the person who don't understand what I'm saying, I will say, oh man, there's a delay, therefore. I'm not sure it is God that said it. Don't doubt the promises of God if you are so sure about them. Hallelujah. Amen. In 1989, 1990, the Lord gave me a word from the book of Revelation 10. I think it was number 10 and 9. And the Bible said, I'll take this little book, eat it, it shall be sweet in your mouth, but bitter in your belly. And it shall speak to tongues, to nations, to tribes, and to kings. 1990. I got converted at about 1986 or thereabouts. Four years down the line, he gave that word to me. I have no clue what he was talking about. But when he gave me the message of the kingdom and I started talking about it, started preaching it, 1990, 2005, I stepped out of this nation. The promise he gave in 1990 came to begin to get fulfillment in 2005 when he said, he shall speak to tongues, shall speak to nations, shall speak to kings, shall speak to other tribes. Praise the living God. Are you listening to me? But that was a promise when 1990, 1890, that's when he made that promise. So, 1990 or 1989, 2005, how many years is that? The promises of God never fails. Think about it. Are you still following what I'm saying? Praise the living God. So, get it right. Everything God said comes to pass. Get it right. Nothing that God says will ever fail. And that's why I'm always so worried about you not hearing God personally and it becomes a burden to me that this is the only way you can go. Because if he gives you a word, it will surely come to pass no matter how long. Praise the living God. Are you still listening to me? No matter how long, it will surely come to pass. If God gives you a word, he is going to work it out. Not you working it out like Sarah. He is going to work it out. And that it becomes a standard for you to live by. Now, no matter the shaking, no matter the terrible situation, 
I mean, think about it. How would God be telling me? Then I was teaching him. You're going to talk to kings, to nations, to tribes, and all of those people. I mean, how do I imagine that? How is it going to come to pass? Then I don't know what is called a passport. I have no idea. I have no contact with anybody. I mean, when I was saying all of this thing, remember, we don't even have phone, not to talk of you can call anybody. No internet. Dark ages that we're living in. Hallelujah. But that's what he said. And I remember in the that's, they say 1991 or thereabouts, he gave me a word when he said, I've called you in relation to Apostle Paul. That's uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 11. When he talks about calling you as an apostle, as a teacher of the Gentiles. And I made a prayer point. I said, God, you've called me as one of those people. And now 2005, you call me as those people that may I be named among the apostles today. Of yours that are upon the face of the earth. Single prayer. And that was it. And that was the year that Robert Munion came. And asked me to come speak for him. In South Africa. The promise he made. In that 1990. Start taking fulfillment. In 2005. Be patient with God. And when we all of us were on the completed building. There was nothing to show for it. I mean, nobody wants to climb the place and say want to fellowship. No. The building was not plastered except the inside. Amen. But I swear God was better the whole of what is going on right now. No wonder Jesus was born where? In a manger. He was born in a stable and taken on the manger. Remember that. Great things are not always starting from very high level. Small thing, that's why the Bible said, despise not the day of little beginnings. Don't despise it. The little business God is giving to you now, it will blossom, it will expand, it will increase. You will end up managing people and become a CEO. Little beginnings. My life is a little example. Nobody ever think about it that we can be where we are today. Think about that. Have you imagined situations speaking to people in a primary school with about not up to not up to ten people, huh? Not up to ten people in the school there. Uncle Francis, his junior brother, brought him with a wife, sister Charity, and the sister, and then now uh, what's that? Chidi. Those are the people that we are. But listen to me. I preach to them exactly the way I'm preaching to you now. I wasn't seeing the number of people. I was seeing the whole church. I'll go to estate, type up materials, and distribute to them. Everything I'm doing now was doing with those number of people. If God gives you a promise, build a foundation and wait for the promise to come to pass. Amen. Because no word of God shall fail. In your life over your children in the name of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119, verse 74. Take it from message translation. Psalm 119, verse 74. When they see me waiting, when they see me waiting, hallelujah. 
Expect in your word. Those who fear you will take heart and be glad. Why? Because they finally see the result of your waiting. Are you following what I'm saying here? Listen to it. When they see me waiting, expecting your word to come to pass, at the end of the day, those who fear you will take heart and be what? And be glad. Oh, of the truth, what God said about this man had finally come to pass. Hallelujah. Listen, every promise of God over your life is going to come to pass. That's why they call it the comfort and the patience of what? Of the scriptures. They are going to come to pass. You are not ending the way you are now. There is so much ahead of you. There is greatness ahead of you. There is happiness ahead of you. There is joy ahead of you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They that feared you, they will truly understand how God works. We'll be glad, we we'll rejoice at the Father's faithfulness and promises and the saving grace of God coming to pass in your life. They will be glad and rejoice with you. The God you serve is truly a living God. Amen. Remember Joshua, I mean Joseph. God told him, give him the dream, the vision of the plan bind unto him, the sun, the moon, and the level stars bind unto him. And the father said, do you mean me, your mother, and your children are going to serve you? Well, just have no clue as to what that's supposed to mean. This is what I saw. It's my dream. Hallelujah. Amen. And because of that, okay, his brothers thought they were going to do him evil by trying to kill him, by selling him to slavery, whatever the case may be. But what's the end point? He landed in Egypt. It is the workings of God. That's what the Bible says. All things work together for good to those who are called of God, who love God, and call according to his purpose. All things, not some things, everything work together for good. So you have no disappointment yet in your life. Can I hear an amen? No disappointment. Everything work together. It's assembling together. It's patterning and coming together for your own good. No matter what happens, no matter what men try to do. They thought they were going to send him to slavery. They thought they must have killed him, whatever the case may be. Even in prison, he was forgotten when he was supposed to come out. Remember that. Because there's a time and season. That dream he had took a time to be fulfilled over there. When? In Egypt. He got to be patient with it. He went through all the trials. He went through all the pains. He went through accusation. Remember that. For what he didn't do, sold him to slavery. It's like saying, come on. And the word of God tried him seven times. Hallelujah. What is that supposed to mean? When he came out, what did Pharaoh say? God must be with you. Hallelujah. And that's what we're saying here. When you waiting, men who fear God will end up saying, Oh, come on. We rejoice because God is what? Is with you. Praise the living God. Are we still here? All right. Okay. Go with me to Psalm 17, verse number 4. Let's see how we can be closing up. 17, verse number 4. Message translation. The book of Psalm. Praise the Lord. 
I'm not trying to get my way in the worst way. I'm trying to get your way, your worst way. Praise the living God. Did you get that? I'm not trying to get my way the worst way. Look at it. But I'm trying to get my way, what? In your worst way. This is the key. Stay with the word. Believe what God says. Trust what God says. Don't do it the worst way. Do it God's way based on his word. Hallelujah. For his word, we never do what? We never fail. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. And let's try to round up this with Psalm 119 verse 41. Psalm 19 verse 41. Hallelujah. Say with God's word. Hallelujah. Let your love, God, shape my life with salvation exactly as you do what you promised. That's all. Let your love, God, shape my life with what? Salvation. Exactly as you promised. Not the way I want it. Not the way the world wants it. But where you want it. The way it is in the world. Let your word. Let your love. Let all that you have. Shape my life. God wants to put you together. God wants to package you. God wants to truly direct your life. The way it should be. So you got to trust him. You got to believe him. That's why you must be attentive to what he says. That's why you must be concerned to what he says. Look at what David is saying. Let your love for me. You know God loved David. Of course. David means the beloved of the Lord. I mean the beloved one. Or the one that is love of the father if you will. God shape my life with salvation. Salvation means deliverance. Means provision. Whatever it is. Not salvation in terms of well. You are saved. You know, no, no, no. Yeah, we're talking about something like deliverance, you know, from greatness and difficult situation. Let your love shape my life with salvation. Amen. Praise the living God. Let it be according to your word. The exceeding great and precious promises that you have made. Let it stay on with me. Let your word shape my life. Can you come to that place of in the absolute conviction that God can never disappoint you? Everything he promises is going to bring it to pass. Everything he ever says to you concerning your life, concerning your children, he's going to bring it to pass. Your children shall be great. He said that. And do you believe that for your children? That is why you have to have complete trust and conviction about what God intends to do in your family, in your life. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. God's word will always come to pass. God's promises will never fail. Stay on with God. That's what I'm trying to say. Believe in what he says. Anytime you are praying, believe the promises is given to you. Believe the revelation is given to you. Do you have some dreams about your life? Stay on with those dreams. God is the one giving dreams. And God is the one that's going to perfect those dreams about your life. Amen, somebody. Praise the living God. Is anybody here with me this morning? I need you to get these things right. Because sometimes we are too much in a hurry. We are too much, you know. Oh, I remember some time ago, people were doing all manner of uh, businesses and all that. Everybody is in a hurry to make money. So what end up? How does money went into the drain? 
We have the one of Mano Mana in Padakon Doze. We have uh, uh, one something tree in Benin. People were just investing because they wanted big money. You know, are you getting what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. We don't want to do it God's way. But God wants us to go on God's way. If he shows you a business, go ahead with that business. Be patient with that business. It will grow. It will come to the place of absolute fulfillment. You enjoy the fruit of your patience. Hallelujah. For his word and promises will never come to fail. It will never fail. Joshua said, not one word failed. All that God said concerning you have come to pass. I'm saying the same thing to you this morning. Everything God says concerning you is going to come to pass. Can you please stand up? Every promise is of God over your life. It's coming to pass. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org. God bless you.